The following is a hoop ball presentation. What up? What up? What up, hoop ballers? And welcome back to another edition of Hoop Balls DFS. Today, this is your Sunday, November seventh edition. I am your host, Santino Cocone. We have ourselves a nice seven-game slate with a showdown earlier on in the day. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. We'll take you through it. Each game, throw out some quick hitters on what, who we like, what we're looking for, uh, and then get you guys to it on the Sunday morning. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to give a shout-out over to our guys at Manscaped.com the number one men's below-the-waist grooming out there. Uh, and shout-out to the Lawnmower 4.0 uh, and the Perfect Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower and all of the amazing products that Manscaped has to offer. And guess what? You can get that and anything else for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code HoopBall20. What better way to start the holidays than at Manscaped.com? And getting 20% off and free shipping with the promo code HOOPBALL20 at checkout. All right, let's run down this nice slate. Uh, the first game we have on the docket is none other than the showdown slate, and that is the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Toronto Raptors. We have a nice spread for this one. Uh, <clears throat> with... The Nets being four-point road favorites, and the over/under being a low to 11, which is uh, would be if it was on the main slate, the second lowest slate on the uh, total on the night. And then on the injury report, we have for the B- Brooklyn Nets, Nick Claxton, Kyrie Irving both out, and the Raptors we have Yuta Wontanabe out, and now Pascal Siakam is probable and he will be playing in his first game of the season, which changes things for the Toronto side. Uh, we'll start with Brooklyn. I mean, KD, Harden, that's what you're going to want to look at. Uh, I'm looking more so KD. The, the matchup for Harden is very tough, and he has been playing particularly great. His great self of late uh, picked it up the last four, but it's not that big of a difference. It's only $600 for a captain spot, uh, $400 regularly. I think we can just justifiably take Durant and love it. Uh, obviously, we'll try and get both of them in the lineup, but had to pick one. KD's there. Uh, then we got Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris. Don't mind taking stabs at any of them. Uh, I would prefer Blake Griffin, and I would prefer Joe Harris in this, and Patty Mills for a cheap option. Um, the rotation's not super, super deep, and that's likely where I'll, I'll slot it out. Patty Mills being 3,800. Uh, just makes you want to jump on him. Blake Griffin still starting, getting the Lions' minute or share of the minutes. Uh, he's played 31 and 27 minutes in the last two. After Steve Nash said he's not going to make any changes to his starting lineup, Blake Griffin had excelled, was doing really good last year for him, uh, and he's playing pretty solid now. And since that, I mean, 58 minutes in the last two, exactly 26.25 fantasy points. That's rock solid. Um, slight discount there. Obviously, the Marcus Aldridge. We know what we're what he's doing and he's he's more he's a safer option he's been more consistent all year but Blake Griffin a couple hundred dollars cheaper if uh, you have to do that it's fine 
Uh, Joe Harris, we know he can shoot the ball. He's getting extra shots with Kyrie not coming around and playing any set uh, lately. Um, he's slightly cheaper than Bruce Brown, too, who saw himself out of the rotation to start the year. Now he's back in it. Uh, Joe Harris is just safe. He has higher upside if, he's, if his shot's going as well. Um, so I think Joe Harris, same reason, similar reasons to Griffin. But um, he's just a little safer than Bruce Brown, too, and he's cheaper. And Patty Mills, 3,800. We know he's part of the rotation. We know he can shoot. We know he can get, he gets his shot up. Um, it's just super cheap to fit in this lineup. Or on a showdown slate. On the other side of the ball, uh, I'm interested to see what Pascal Siakam's return does to the entire rotation. And I don't think we're going to find out in game one. He might not get thrown right into the fire. But what happens with OG? Is he going to slide and play primarily small forward now? And for, for the most part of the, like the... Most of his game, I, I would assume so. Is Siakam going to take any of those center minutes avail- or that Ken Burke, Chris Boucher, and, and Precious are all buying for at the moment? Are they going to play small? Are they going to keep Scotty Barnes in the lineup to, for the most part? Uh, is he going to play more small forward or, or shooting guard potentially? What's going to happen with Gary Trent Jr. Um, and Svi? There's a lot to to work out on this rotation now that Siakam is coming back. And that's what I think the next couple games are we're going to see for. Unfortunately, we don't have the option to do that. And uh, this is just a showdown slate, so we don't have many people to choose from. That said, uh, Siakam at 9,600 in his first game back, I'm going to have to pass. I think Gary Trent at 7-2, we can still still look there. Um, and as much as I hate taking a shot at these center options, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, Precious, Boucher, Burke, they're super cheap, especially the last two. And we'll need to take some chances here. To, to fill out a lineup if we're going to get a, if we do want to get a Van Vliet, if we want to get Harden, if we wanted to get KD, um, OG possibly. So yeah, we're going to have to take some shots here, and I and that's why I'll take some at Burke and, and Boucher for being cheap. Uh, Precious is safer, but we might not have that available money if we're spending up here. Um, don't mind Trent Jr. Uh, I like Scotty Barnes a little bit better. It's just Pascal Siakam's back, and I just don't know how to make of that rotation at the moment. Uh, they're all, they all should all still get rock solid amount of minutes, but that means someone else is going to get knocked out. Maybe Svi doesn't play at all. Maybe Malachi Flynn barely touches the floor. Um, we'll see exactly what happens. Maybe they do pick and choose a center that they like, but I think we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, that said, I don't want to spend too, too high up because of that. Someone's coming in the lineup. So if I'm going to spend, it'll be in that Barnes Trent jr. Area. Um, and looking at the other side of the ball, it's not a huge uh, jump in price tag for to go like OG Siakam Van Vliet up to the next level. And that's pretty much what I'm looking at for the showdown slate. And now we can get right into our main slate, which is going to be pretty interesting. We have the first game on the docket tipping off at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Washington to take on the Wizards. Uh, the over under, we have a three point buck spread. They are three point road favorites, and the total is 221 and a half. On the injury report, we have um, DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton all out. Grayson Allen as questionable. On the Wizards side, David Sertans, Thomas Bryant, Rui, and Cassius Winston all out, and Anthony Gill as available for this matchup. Start with the buck side of the ball. Um, Giannis. He's going to always be in play. Uh, 11-4, astronomical. But, I mean, he could easily outproduce that, especially in this type of environment. 
Uh, the Wizards are playing a lot better than we thought, and especially on the defensive end. But Giannis is still the alpha dog. Andrew Holiday is just getting back. Um, so I don't mind going Giannis there. I probably won't have too much exposure to him, but uh, worst comes to worst, you can't fault playing Giannis here. So, again, I, I do like some of the options a bit cheaper than him, and I could fit more people in him, so I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to him. But you can never count him out, on, especially in this environment. Speaking of that, I just mentioned Drew Holiday's back, but he's only played 20 minutes in that first one, came off the bench. Definite news to watch uh, as we head closer to tip-off time. Is he going to play a ton of minutes? Is he going to start? I don't know. But if he's ready to play 30 minutes and they said he's ready to go, whether he comes off the bench or not, if I get, uh, yeah, he's going to see closer to his full complement of minutes, 6400 is just astronomically cheap, uh, especially without Middleton there. Very, very good matchup. Uh, faster paced, 6400 super cheap ta- price tag, no Middleton, no Brooke Lopez, no DiVincenzo, possibly no Grayson Allen. He's questionable. Uh, there's just a lot of factors to like Drew Holiday here if he's ready to play his full minutes. Uh, most of these same things you can say for Giannis, though it's nearly double the price tag. So uh, harder pill to swallow, but if Drew Holiday's ready to go, he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. But again, you got to wait for that news to, to pop up. Um, Bobby Portis, 4,600. We know there's no Lopez. We know there's no Middleton. He's slowly getting more and more minutes every game. Um, he started 15 in his, in his debut after he missed a couple games, then 19, then 22. Last game, he topped out at 24. Are we going to see 26, 27 minutes here? Possibly 30. Uh, last three games, he's gotten 21 or more fantasy points. So he's going to bring, if he's seeing closer to 30 minutes, value will be had here at 4,600 in a, a solid matchup here. Um, so I'm definitely keeping an eye on Bobby Portis. Maybe he draws a start. We've been seeing uh, Thanasis start. And that's another guy we can take a look at. 3,200 dirt cheap. He only played 18 in the last one, 23 before that, 32. As his minutes are going down, Bobby Portis is going up. Something interesting to watch. But as a guy who's barely cost anything, uh, we can take a look at him. And another guy, the last guy I would look at is Rodney Hood. Grayson Allen is missing. Rodney Hood might get the start. Um, and he's just dirt cheap. Um, all he has to do is hit a couple threes and bring back value there. So looking at him as well if there's no Grayson Allen. On the other side of the ball, um, not in love. Not in love. Tough matchup. I know they're even though they're missing a lot of their key players, uh, the the Bucks are still a tough matchup. They can give up threes, but I don't really want to pay for Bradley Beal, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm not really inclined to pay for those guys for their price tags at the moment. I think there's better options. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, I don't mind him, but just mentioned a guy like Drew Holiday. I'd rather take a chance on Drew Holiday if he's gonna get his full complement of minutes. Uh, Trez. 6,500, not a bad price tag, and he can beat that. Uh, but now he's back to sharing the minutes with Daniel Gafford the last couple of games. Uh, he was teeing off before without him because they didn't have a center, but now that they're they're splitting the minutes in there, it's harder for him to take that. Um, Gafford, though, is only 4,400, so I don't mind looking there, but still not in love. Uh, KCP is always an option at 42. Uh, not great, but he's been rebounding a lot better than we would have expected to begin the year, so... Another guy to look at. Last guy, um, Denny Avia. There's no Davis Bertans. There's extra minutes to go around. Uh, only 3,500. Can take a shot at here. Hopefully get some threes. Uh, shouldn't be a, a blog. Should be a very competitive game, but just another option to bargain bin on a solid seven-game slate here. 
All right, we'll jump on over to the second game of the day. We have the Indiana Pacers traveling to Sacramento to take on the Kings. We have the Kings as two-point home favorites, and the Pacers Kings over under is 223 and a half. Uh, on the injury report, we have Malcolm Brogdon as questionable and Jeremy Lamb as questionable. Uh, and then we have Isaiah Jackson and TJ Warren as out. Uh, Robert Woodard, the third, is out for the Kings, and that's the only one there. We'll start with the Pacers. Uh, this is a matchup that I really like. Two of the faster teams in the league, both in top 10 in pace, uh, both scoring a, a good amount of points, uh, and both not having the greatest of defense uh, in the bottom bottom half of the league in, in defensive rating. Um, for the Pacers, we'll start with the Pacers. The Kings are in the bottom handful, even lower, of giving up offensive rebounds per game. That makes DeMontis Sabonis, to me, more intriguing. He's going to have the size advantage at the power forward position. He might have more playmaking duties, depending on Malcolm Brogdon. That'd be nice. Um, and he's coming off two back-to-back subpar games. He's 9400 and he's a little priced. Uh, he got a price bump from the last one, but he's normally around that, closer to that 10K range. But two back-to-back duds. He has 25 total points, actual points, in the last two games combined. Uh, he's only taken 20 shots, hasn't made a three in those two. Something's got to give. He's been shooting really well. Uh, he, he shot 11 of 20 in 50 minutes or 70 minutes. Um, so he's still there. But those two down games might have sap his ownership just enough to make it even better. But I expect to bounce back from Sabonis in this environment. You see the third opposition rank for against power forwards against Sabonis maybe uh, brings down ownership even more. But... Kings have been giving up a lot of re- offensive rebounds, a lot of second-chance opportunities. That's where Sabonis' wheelhouse is. He loves that. Um, yet, <clears throat> and without Malcolm Brogdon there, there might be extra bl- ball-handling duties to go around. Speaking of possibly no Malcolm Brogdon, that makes me like Levert a little bit more. Similar thing. He'll have more playmaking responsibilities. He'll likely be the de facto point guard for the most point, uh, most part. If Brogdon doesn't play, if Brogdon does play, uh, I'm going to leave both of those guys alone. Uh, and then likely look at um, Justin Holiday as a guy that we can throw in there at 4,100. Know he's going to get some solid minutes. Jeremy Lamb's another guy who might not play. Uh, that's a lot of wing minutes to go around there. Uh, but for me, I think Sabonis is, is the best play on here and the one that I'm super comfortable with. On the other side of the ball, I think we have a couple people we can look at, but... Um, Buddy Heald and Davion Mitchell, two value-type guys, are the ones that are sticking out to me the most. Uh, Buddy Heald, we know he can take advantage of a matchup like this, a team that gives up a lot of threes, a team that plays very fast, a team that plays his style of basketball. Um, Buddy Heald has been pretty solid lately. He's seeing a good amount of minutes. Even you know, Obviously, he's coming off the bench, but he's playing at 20 minutes, 28 minutes a game um, in – Four of the last five games, he's seen exactly 30 minutes. The other one, he saw 23. They won by a good margin there, but 30 minutes exactly, pretty much. And a lot of his shot attempts are coming from three. I mean, the last game alone, 17 of his 18 shots were from distance. 17 threes he took in the last one. I can't imagine him taking another 17 threes in this matchup, but uh, he he took 10 before that, 7, 12, 7. Uh, He's taking them anyway. He's, He's... just chucking them from deep. That's a good sign here. Uh, only 6K, 30 points to hit value pretty much. I think that's uh, well within his reach. 
While I like the other guys, I think that price tag is just very solid. I mentioned Davion Mitchell, a guy uh, who's only 4,400. He saw his price jump up uh, from 3,800 here, only a $600 price increase. But the last three games, he's played 30, 26, and 25 minutes, but he's brought back at least 26.5 fantasy points. And he's taking double-digit shots in each of those last three games. Um, the four times on the season that he's taken double-digit shot attempts, the lowest He's, he's brought him back at least 26.5 fantasy points every time. I think the trend can continue here. Two fast-paced teams. There's going to be extra possessions, um, both giving up extra best possessions as well. And Davion Mitchell has a solid role on this team. On the year, he's playing 26.6 minutes, so similar to Buddy Heald off the bench. They're getting close to 30 minutes over there, uh, high 20s. Um, and when he gets double-digit shot attempts, which I think is very reasonable in this game, uh, again, considering two of the fastest teams in the league, he's bringing back value. And at 4,400, that's it. That's what we want to find there. Uh, very So solid matchup and opportunity here. I like Davion Mitchell. He's probably my favorite play on the team, um, paired with Buddy Heald there, who uh, for similar reasons, I think he's going to get a lot of shot attempts as well. I don't think 17 threes, but he's in the, um, the market to, to get a few extra uh, shots than normal in here. All right, on the next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to New York to take on the Knicks. We have a 209 game total, which is the lowest on the day, including that first showdown slate. Uh, and then we have the Knicks as seven and a half point home favorites. On the injury report, we have Kevin Love, Laurie Markinen, and Isaac Okoro all out. And the Knicks um, don't have anyone on their injury report for now. We'll start with the Cavs, and uh, we'll start with the the front court there with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. I'm going to take Jared Allen here. He's been on fire. I think this is a good price tag. Still 7-1 is uh, fairly cheap. We saw a $500 price increase, but well-deserved. Last three games, 56, nearly 56, and 41 fantasy points. Um, We know he's taking advantage of just the massive opportunity he's getting this year. And he played a monstrous amount of minutes, 35, 40, and 39 in those last three. Uh, We can see that again. Uh, they're playing a lot better. They've won those last three, coincidentally. So there's something to be said that. And the, the Cavs are playing really well right now. Uh, we don't have Kevin Love. That's a lot of minutes in the backup spot. He doesn't have to worry about Laurie Markkinen. I know he's playing a lot of small forward, but he's also seven feet. Good. He pushes the rotation around a little bit there. So I think Jared Allen is pretty safe. His upside is a little bit better than Evan Mobley's, though Evan Mobley is a lot more fun to watch. Um well, that's where I'm sticking there, mainly in that front court. Uh, I don't mind Colin Sexton at 5,800, but I don't really want to go there. Um, it's he's he hasn't been playing that great. He's not making it. He's only shooting 45% from the field, which isn't terrible, but his three-point percentage is bad right now. Uh, 20 at 26%, and even his free throw percentage at 74%. Uh, he's just not doing enough, and he's shooting the ball bad right now. That. Even though the price tag is is going lower and lower, uh, it's hard to pay it off in a slump. But can he pay it off? Yes, he definitely can. But in a slump where he doesn't do a lot of other things other than score, and right now he's not scoring, hard to do. Um, Chetty Osman, the last Jedi, is the last guy I'd look on the team. Uh, 4,200. He's playing a lot more with the injuries around here now. He played uh, 30, 21, 17, and 26 minutes in the last four Taking a lot of threes. A lot of his shot attempts are have been threes. Well, just look. Yeah, he take 12, 5, 7, and 10. Um, 
Only five of his shots in the last four games have not come from the three-point line. That's valuable at 4,200. He can easily bring back value, and he has in two two of five games, uh, or two in those four games. He's topped uh, at least 18 points in every game, and he's topped 26 points in two of those games. So um, very reasonable guy to take a shot at, even against a tough Knicks team. But the minutes are there. And the shot attempts from distance definitely are there. On the other side of the ball, we have the Knicks. Uh, so both of these teams don't play fast. Both these teams are playing pretty rock-solid defense. Um, so it's not a game I, I definitely want to attack. I know I mentioned a couple people on Cleveland, like Jared Allen, uh, possibly Chetty Osmond, uh, Chetty and Sexton. But I'm not in love with them outside of Allen. I think he's the, the safest of, the, of the, that side of the ball. The other two are just merely on the cusp of the player pool. Um, well, Jedi a little bit more in, in the player pool, but on the Knicks side of the ball, it's similar. I don't want to attack anybody per se. Uh, I don't want to attack Randall at 10 K. Um, <clears throat> RJ Barrett almost at seven K. I like the more when he was in the five eights near six. Uh, can he beat this? Oh, sure. He's been beating this price tag a lot and he's been playing fantastic. He has over 20, 20 plus shots in the last two games and he hasn't been hitting at a high clip. And he's still bringing back over 30 fantasy points. So we can definitely hit this, uh, and you can definitely beat it. But I don't really like the matchup to do it. It's just a slower tempo, more defensive matchup here. <clears throat> Kemba Walker at 5-5, five, five, coming off of two bad games. Uh, this is a matchup where we can take a bounce back. Him and Colin Sexton are in similar territory, similar price tag. I think Sexton's safer. Uh, Kemba Walker more. Kemba, Kemba Walker more for tournaments. Um, outside of those, I'm not really in love with the entire lineup at the moment. I don't want to just attack, attack, attack. Uh, Derek Rose, last two games I'm playing. I played 30 minutes in the last one. Looked real hot in the last one. 10 of 18 from the floor. I mean, take a look, but he's still near 5K. It's not like a discount if uh, Kemba Walker is on this game or. It's a defensive game, and and Rose only plays 20 minutes. It's not. It'll be tough for him to get back value in that. So um, for those reasons, I'm not really looking at too much here. Next game on the docket, we have the Utah Jazz traveling to Orlando um, to take on the Magic. We have a 212 game total, and the Jazz are 10-point road favorites. Uh, the Jazz are on the fr- uh, back end of a back-to-back. So that is something to keep an eye on out for. Uh, we don't have an injury report for them as of yet because of that. Um, but we have one for the Magic. Cole Anthony and Ignas Bradzikis are both questionable. Then we have Michael Carter-Williams, Mark Fault, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore all out for this one. Uh, and I forgot to mention, the Nets and the Knicks are both on front ends of back-to-backs. Uh, something to keep an eye on. But I don't think we have to more for tomorrow. Uh, we'll start with the Jazz on this side of the ball. Again, we don't know exactly what the injury report is, if anyone's going to rest. And if they are on the back end of a back-to-back, I uh, would assume this is the game that you can rest and still not really have to uh, fully worry about, even though they are on the road. But it is the Magic, and they are a big, big favorite here on the road. Uh, that said, tough. Um I think Gobert's in a really solid position, as is uh, Donovan. But 
high price tags in a possible blowout. If their team is fully playing, they're playing everybody. I don't want to fully attack those guys. I think we have so many options and so many big names on the slate that we don't have to go that route um, in hopes for Orlando to keep this competitive long enough. Um, again, on the second night of a back-to-back where these guys are going to play 35-plus minutes. More for tournament games because a lot of people are going to be thinking thinking that. Uh, so that's where you look. But cash games, I think we can pretty much leave the Jazz alone in this one. Um, if I want to take a shot at someone, it would be Clarkson in hopes that Conley doesn't play. Um, back end of a back-to-back, I can see him. He, he's the likeliest to rest. Uh, possibly Whiteside if you think he's going to get garbage minutes, but I think we have some value over there that we don't have to stick him in there either. Uh, so I'm not going to have too much exposure here. I'll wait to see the news. That could change things. If, say, Davion, uh, Donovan Mitchell's out, Conley's out, then, yeah, then Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson definitely looks Ingles becomes more uh, playable. But right now, um, I'm going to take the likely blowout approach, seeing that everyone's healthy. And we might not even have Cole Anthony on the other side, which I'll get to in a moment. That's... Uh, That'd be interesting. That'd be even tougher to justify this game being close for long enough to where they're going to play a lot. All right, we'll jump on to the second and second side uh, of the Orlando Magic. And again, I just mentioned Cole Anthony is questionable for this one. Not sure if he's going to play. Uh, that changes things a little bit for them, or a big, big amount for them. There's a lot of shots, a lot of usage. Cole Anthony has been playing fantastic to start the year. Um, and there's a starting spot open for for grabs, and that's probably R.J. Hampton that, that would grab that starting point guard spot. We saw him play a lot last year. Um, and at 3,200, he'd be a guy that a lot of people are going to attack. He's coming off a 25-point fantasy game in 21 minutes on only seven shots. And if that those minutes creep up into the 30s, R.J. Hampton at 3,200, uh, he, he could just walk into value. He doesn't even have to have a big game to bring back value there. Uh, and that would open up a lot of other things because Hampton is still playing off the bench. That'll be extra minutes available for guys like Jalen Suggs to play more point guard. Um, Gary Harris could start at shooting guard, and, and they move Jalen Suggs at point guard. Uh, Okiki could get extra minutes in there if they go um, push everybody up. Terrence Ross, uh, there are a lot of trickle-down effect here. Friend, Franz Wagner, extra minutes for him now. Um, but I think the guy that I'd be looking at most is R.J. Hampton. Uh, this is a matchup that you don't really want to attack if the if the Jazz are fully healthy and playing. Their, def- their team defense is just fantastic. Um, but I can justify playing a Jalen Suggs or an Okiki or an R.J. Hampton uh, in the event that Cole Anthony doesn't play. And that's where I look to most. If he does play, I uh, probably will take lightning and a bottle shots at those guys, more so with Kiki, but um, pretty much leaving it alone for that part. Right, before we keep going, I want to give a shout out to our guys at DraftKings Sportsbooks. The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbooks, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on an NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why, so why not make uh, a bet right now? DraftKings Sportsbooks customers can also get their skin in the game with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MBA today just and bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. 
and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code NBA today this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Right, we have the last three games of the night, the later games, we should say. Now, this one tips off at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the San Antonio Spurs traveling to Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Uh, we have a 212 game total, and the Spurs are five and a half point home a road favorites. Sorry about that. Um, on the Spurs side of the ball, we will go to the injury report before we do that. Uh, we have Gabriel Deck on the Thunder out as questionable. Uh, Isaiah Roby and everybody else has been signed to the G League. Uh, don't have to worry about him now. On the Spurs, we have Zach Collins, Jakob Pertl, both out. Start with the Spurs, uh, and we'll start with Deshante Murray, 9,100. Guy's been on fire right now, and this matchup uh, a lot easier too. Not the greatest defense. A team that's turning the ball over a ton um, helps his value out there. We've seen Murray just take the mantle of this team. Uh, no more DeRozan. No more Aldridge. That part of this Spurs franchise is over with. Now we're on to the next one. Um, De- DeJounte Murray is taking the, the mantle as this is my team. Uh, he's been playing like that last uh, since the season started, especially the last five games. For the last five games, he has uh, <clears throat> at least 51 fantasy points. And you can even add the 71-point the, the game before that. So five of the last six games. He has, oh, I should say, 48 fantasy points at the minimum. Uh, four times in those six games, he's passed 50 points. 9,100 in this matchup doesn't seem like a crazy price tag here. I think he, I think he can safely beat it, and he's one of my uh, favorite plays on the night because of such. This is just uh, the Thunder turned the ball over a lot. They're a young team still. They're not the greatest of teams. Um a defense that doesn't scare you. Dort might get a lot of Murray. We'll see. We'll see how they do that. Uh, but it's it not even even still. He can make his money on the defensive end, causing turn turnovers and getting into passing lanes uh, against this OKC team. So I really like him here. Uh, Thad Young, another guy, 5,700. Seeing his minutes climb up with no Jakob Pertl, uh, there's a chance that he even starts this game. We've been seeing Drew Eubanks get the starts, but uh, Thad Young's been playing well, and his game is so versatile since last year uh, when he added assists to his already awesome steal rate, and, and now he's playing um, center and power forward, getting more rebounds. Like 5700 is a very solid price tag for him, uh, whether he comes off the bench, uh, whether he even sees 30 minutes. And we, there's the upside that he starts – and sees over 30 minutes. So he's hitting value right now, and he's right around value uh, in a minimal role. But without Jakob Pertl and the way he's been playing, there's opportunity for more. So Thad Young at 5,700, definitely someone I'm looking at. And he starts uh, at 7 o'clock after the first four games, starts at 6. So we might not even have news if he's starting or not, which is pretty good because it'll sap his ownership, and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, Outside of that, I'm looking at Devin Vassell is another guy. 4,500. He's been playing really well lately. He's taking a lot of minutes, even though McDermott's back. He's still playing high 20s, low 30s type of minutes, taking some good shots, um, making a lot of shots. His shots, 6 of 12, 9 of 12, 5 of 12 from the field in the last three games. He's on fire right now, and this is a good matchup to continue that. 4,500 is not a price tag that he can't beat. I can expect uh, if he gets another 20-plus points, he hits value right there. Um, 
and then you could possibly get more. All right, on the other side of the ball, the Thunder side of the ball, um, pretty solid matchup. The Spurs play fast now. They're 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 not the old Spurs. Uh, they're they're a faster team. They played fast last year as well. Um, so the the tempo's there, uh, and they're not the greatest of teams. They're only have three wins also, uh, one win more. But I'm looking at Darius Basley. I think this is a, a matchup, a very inconsistent guy in Basley. This is the matchup that he can take advantage of. Uh, we mentioned no Jakob Pertl, so one of the better rim protectors and just defenders uh, of the paint is is out for this this matchup. While Darius Basley plays more power forward than center, uh, he does a good deal of damage in the paint. Um, and without that presence there, I think. 4700 is a reasonable price tag, and he would be my favorite guy to attack on this team. Uh, he is hit or miss on his three ball, and but his three ball, he's been pretty much hit the last couple games. Uh, in three of the last four games, he's been shooting pretty well from the from three-point land. Two of three, three of eight, and four of eight in those three games. In the middle, there was an 0-5 and, and one of eight from the field stinker. But those other three, he's had double-digit shot attempts uh, in each of them, and he's brought back solid returns. I think he can do again here with more added opportunity for extra rebounds without Pirtle and a slightly easier um, interior defense to go around. Uh, He's probably my favorite guy to look at. I don't know how much where else I'm going to totally look at, uh, but basically he's a guy I know I can. Favors might be another one if he's starting. If we get that confirmation at 3,600, he has double-double potential. Doesn't not going to say he's going to do it. He did it last game, but uh, yeah, he can get 8-8, and that's pretty solid for a guy at... 3,600. All right, on the uh, next game of the docket, the second to last game, we have the Houston Rockets traveling to Golden State to take on the Warriors. We have a 222 game total, and the Warriors are 13-point home favorites, and that's something to keep an eye on. Um, That's a big spread. On the injury report, we don't have any for the Rockets. They are on the back end of a back-to-back as well, and the Warriors have Iguodala and Klay Thompson and James Wiseman all out for this one. We'll start with the Rockets. Um, big, 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 big spread here. Uh, but I think two people I'm looking at, Eric Gordon, 4,500. We know this guy's not shy to shoot. He's always shooting. And Jalen Green. Um, looking at the the guards for this, the wings for this. Uh, not that I want to attack Golden State, but there might be a lot of garbage time. And those two aren't those aren't bad price tags. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, another guy right in that mix. I don't really want to play anybody from this team, but if I have to, those three guys, I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time to work on their craft. Uh, not necessarily Aaron Gordon or Eric Gordon, but he shoots a lot and he's not afraid to shoot. And he's been playing 30 minutes. Surprisingly, we didn't think he was going to be playing high 20s every game, um, low 30s, but he is. And at 4,500, I can take a chance on him. The other two, I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time potential there. Uh, Jalen Green blows up sometimes. He doesn't other times, uh, but he's very, he's been consistently getting in the 20, 25 uh, type range there, which isn't great value, but he can hit it there. And Jay Sean Tate, his game translates. Um, similarly, when he's taking extra shots, he gets that extra confidence, um, but he does enough around there to help out his, uh, his price tag and help out his value there. Those are three guys I'm looking at. I'm not in love with them. They're just going to be on the cusp of my player pool. But I, to be honest, for the majority, I'm just leaving Houston alone and I'm passing it along to Golden State, which is another team that I'm not super in love with right now. Uh, Steph Curry, 10-7, great. Yes. 
can't fault him. But it's Houston, and they can easily blow them out. Uh, it's just a tough matchup. They are at home, which makes it even harder to justify this game being somewhat close, a 13-point spread. The, the Rockets don't have many wins, and I can't imagine them uh, getting one out at in Golden State here as well. Um, so the people that I'm mainly looking at is Gary Payton Jr., 3,500. We've seen him have a back-to-back really solid games. He's taken 19 shots in those last two games. He's made 13 of them. Not going to happen again. He's not going to um, just be on fire from the field and, and shoot nearly 70%. But he could see his minutes stay around that uh, near 20-mate range or possibly even more. And a lot of this is going to be garbage time. So 3,500, taking a chance at him. I would like that. I don't, I can't fault that. Draymond Green would be a guy that I love in this matchup and would want to play, but I don't know how close it's going to be for how long to justify the 7-4, though I don't mind going there. Uh, He would be my second guy on this one. And uh, Damian Lee, 3,800. Very solid price tag for a guy who has been outside of the last two, was playing in the mid-20s and had his shot falling. Uh, I think Gary Payton took some of his minutes, but we can see both of them playing side-by-side a lot in a likely blowout. Uh, So I'm going to, take some chances on guys who can put up 20 plus points at bare minimum value pretty much. All right, the last game of the night, we have the Charlotte Hornets taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. We have a 224 game total and the Clippers are 6 point home favorites. On the injury report, we have um Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Jason Preston all out. It means Serge Ibaka is in for the Clippers and the Hornets have um just Mason Plumlee as probable. We'll start with the Hornets, who are giving up the most points in the league. They're also scoring the most points in the league. Uh, they are also super fun to watch. Uh, that said, we'll see. Uh, I think you can take chances at a lot of these guys, but the, the Clippers are pretty much the opposite. They have one of the best defenses in the league right now. They're slowing games down a lot. Uh, and they're trying to grind house. They're trying to do the the old Grizzlies grind grind their way to wins without their star in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, that makes me not want to pay these big price tags. Even though Miles Bridges playing fantastic, Lamella Ball playing really well, uh, Gordon Hayward. The price tags are slightly discerning here. Mason Plumley would be the one guy without PJ Washington in the lineup. Uh, is is one of the guys that I'm looking at. I forgot to mention. Uh, P.J. Washington is out. Um, he's still playing in the mid-20s or so, even though there is no Plumlee. But, I mean, there is no Washington, but his price tag is pretty safe. Serge Ibaka is just coming back from his first game. I can't imagine him playing more than 14. But that uh, changes up the rotation there. He can take advantage of him if he's being rusty and, and playing against each other. So he's probably my favorite guy to look at on this team. And um, I'm just going to leave it as the Clippers are going to play really solid defense. And while I think most of these guys are going to Come close to value, it's just tough for me to throw it on there, uh, even though this team scores at will and it doesn't matter who they're going against. Um, if I'm going to take a shot at one of them, Miles Bridges is just saying, uh, pick me because I, I am playing. It doesn't look like I'm ever slowing down. Um, so I will look there uh, if, if need be. On the other end of the ball, on the Clipper side, I like. There's a lot to like here. The center position, I'm going to leave it alone. If Sergi Buck is back, I can't imagine him playing more than 15 minutes. It's probably going to be in the 12, maybe 16 tops. Uh, but not someone I want to attack. That makes Zubat, Hartenstein, um, not really in the looking at there. But Paul George, Reggie Jackson, they're going against the team giving up the most points in the league by far. Uh, turned the ball over 
in the bottom handful of teams uh, or are the the Hornets. Uh, they just play fast and loose, and Paul George is playing fantastic. He's my favorite spend up here, 10-4, on a matchup like this uh, where he's going to play multiple positions. He's like the Hornets play very versatile, so Paul can see himself even at some power forward right here. 10-4, uh, I think that's a fantastic price tag against a team that turns the ball over a lot, and we know his steal rate historically, um, and all of the usage and the, the playmaking, all the responsibility that he's taken, this is going to be a prime smash spot for Paul George, as is Reggie Jackson. Those are two two the highest guys, the two highest guys on the team are the two guys that I really like uh, for obvious reasons. Reggie Jackson at 6-2 is another play that we can just uh, expect to take 15-plus shots in this one. The, the, the tempo is going to be super fast. He's not afraid. He's not a guy that's ever afraid to shoot. Uh, he's gonna. I think he's gonna take at least eight threes. It's been pretty much taking all year, um, and it's just gonna be open shots for him. So if you don't want to pay up for Paul George, which I'm going to, I think even if you do pay up for him, Reggie Jackson is still in play on this uh, this matchup for them. It doesn't get much faster of and looser of a pace uh, against the Hornets. So I'm gonna like him there, and that does it. Thank you guys for tuning in for another edition of DFS Today. Um, We will catch you again next time. Peace. This has been a HoopBall presentation.